We meet today in Song of Songs, chapter 7 and chapter 8. I'm going to pick on selected verses because these two chapters have one big message contained in them. First of all, we see even the portrait of the bride. In the first nine verses of chapter 7, the bridegroom tells of his delight in his bride. We talked about that in our last study. But in this chapter, we see that the bride is using beautiful figure after another. As she listens to his expression of love, her heart is assured. She has the sense of restoration and fellowship. That must be our desire, my friends, to come to God. And as he affirms us, we are even assured and we are restored into fellowship with Christ. This is the third detailed description by Solomon of the physical beauty of his wife. This section reveals a growth and maturity in their relationship. Actually, verse 10 talks about that relationship. We will call upon this verse. The metaphors are more vivid and intimate than the previous ones. An increase in freedom in both sexual matters and communication is expected in a healthy family marriage. In a healthy marriage, those matters must be expressed vividly in the communication. And so that is the subject of those first nine verses. Now, we want to talk about the satisfaction of the bride, beginning with verse 10 of chapter 7. She says all she needs to say about her beloved in one verse. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Song of Songs 7, verse 10. Twice before we have heard the bride say, My beloved is mine, and I am his. But Stuart Moody draws our attention to the fact that this is an expression of far greater fullness here. Although it implies the outgoing of desire from the heart of Christ, it expressly declares what is much more precious, that the believer knows the strength of Christ's desire toward him. Stuart puts it this way, I know, says the Lord, the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good and not of evil, and the Lord who thinks them knows them, but he toward whom they are thought is often ignorant or doubtful or unbelieving regarding them. And most blessed are the souls that can respond. We have known and believed that the love that God has to us, we are objects of his desire. What a wondrous grace. You see, Stuart here is talking more about the relationship of Christ and the believer. Just like we see in the relationship of Solomon and the bride there. She says, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. When we know that we belong to Christ, we must also learn that he has a strong desire toward us. The very brother. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 1. Oh, that you were like my brother, who nest at my mother's breast. 
If I should find you outside, I would kiss you. I would not be despised. My brother who nest at my mother's breast. This statement refers to a brother born of the same mother, implying the nearest possible relationship. It is this kind of a brother the Lord Jesus has become to us. We read in God's word, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16, For truly he did not take on himself the nature of angels, but he took on himself the seed of Abraham, he became like one who nest on the same breast with us, becoming flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. And another statement there is, I would kiss you, I would not be despised. Now, many true believers are afraid or ashamed to openly confess that they love Christ. Oh, my friend, don't say that you love Christ if you don't. But if your life reveals that you do love him, people will not despise you for speaking of him. This girl would not be ashamed to openly kiss her beloved. And that's what a, a healthy marital relationship ought to be. You should not be ashamed to walk with your beloved and say, this is the one I love. In the same way. We should never be ashamed to say we love Christ. No one should despise us. In fact, we should look down upon anyone who would despise us for belonging to Christ. It is the most wonderful thing to do to belong to Christ. Now we will talk about the relying weakness of love. The relying weakness of love. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved, I awakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she who bore you brought you forth. Song of Songs 8 verse 5. Leaning upon her beloved is a wonderful statement. What we see here is the final stage of the true believer's life is characterized by weakness, by dependence, and by love. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? My friend, your walk and my walk here in this world has to be that we are leaning upon our beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in youth, we mounted up with eagles as wings. When his banner over us was love, in manhood, we ran without being wearied, even as the steward says, we sought him, sorrowing through the streets of Jerusalem. But in our declining years, we are more apt to lean heavily upon him in childlike faith and trust. And when we finally recognize our utter dependence upon Christ and the truth of his statement that without him we can do nothing, then he can use us for service. He can use our service. We need to depend on him. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Song of Songs 8 verse 6. Now, the seal here referred to was commonly a sign of ownership, 
and an indication of great value. The Shulamite asks to be a seal on her husband's heart, because in being near his heart, you see, the heart is the source of affection, she felt secure in his love. She asked it to be a seal upon his arm, because here lay his strength to encircle and protect her. Here at the climax of the book is found one of the most beautiful and heavenly tributes to love. She describes his love as final and irreversible like death. For who can loosen the hold of death? And what hero is more victorious in conquering all than death? His love is exclusive and intense like jealousy, just as the grave refuses to yield the dead. Never is concern and care promoted by jealousy. Godly jealousy is a burning attitude of love. So finally, love is as unquenchable as fire. Fire cannot be extinguished easily. In fact, love is a waterproof torch. It continues, continues. And that is the subject of verse 7. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 7 says, Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Many waters cannot quench love, my friend. Oh, how many times we have failed Christ, yet our repeated failures have not quenched his love, nor has it been drowned by the floods of our sin. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would be utterly despised, contemned, if you like. The word despised here means to be loathed, despised, or contemned. God is not asking for our money, my friend, or our service. He is asking for our love. If we don't love him, he despises the so-called Christian work that we try to do and the money that we put in the offering plate without deep love for him. You see, love stands all the tests. We talk about the little sister. Song of Songs 8 verse 8 to verse 9. We have a little sister and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a war, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. And if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. Now, we have some interesting phrases in these two verses. The first one is, she has no breasts. This describes the sister in her youth before entering puberty. The plan of her brothers depends upon the character of this girl. If she is strong as a war in withstanding the advances of her suitors, they will encourage and praise her. But if she is a door easily entered, they will protect her from those advances. She is also called the little sister. By the way, many Bible translators feel that statement is symbolic of the church of the Gentiles. What shall we do for our sister? Was the thorny question in the early church. 
Actually, Acts chapter 15 records the first church council at Jerusalem, which was convened to solve the conflict between the Gentile converts and the Hebrew converts, who had no intention of giving up the Mosaic system. In the day when she is spoken for, well, who would speak for the Gentile church? Nobody would want her. Gentiles were outcasts. But the day came when this sister was spoken for by the great bridegroom of the church who called her to himself. Oh, my friend, he did not choose us because we were attractive, but because he saw our lost condition and he loved us. And because Christ has brought us in, now we are spoken for. If she is a war, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. Since the Gentiles were being accepted by God, they were being built together. You see, with the Hebrew Christians, they were being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And that is what Ephesians 2 verse 22 tell, talks about. The Jewish church faced the question, what should be built on it? Circumcision, ceremonies, different rites and ordinances, yokes which neither the Jews, Jew, neither the Hebrew fathers nor their children were able to bear. Actually, James expressed the feelings of the elder sister, which is that Hebrew church. In Acts 15 verse 19, listen to Peter. I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. You see, the council then agreed not to force Gentile believers into the Mosaic system, but to accept them as they were and to do everything possible to build them up in the faith. Song of Songs 8 verse 10 I am a war and my breast like towers. Then I became in his eyes as one who found, who found peace. Now, this is the rejoicing of the little sister. When the Gentile church received the good news of the council's decision, they rejoiced for the consolation. Acts 15 verse 31. Recognized now as a war in God's temple, they greatly rejoiced in the privilege. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to verse 22 tells us, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Song of Songs chapter 8 verse 10 has another phrase again. It says, my breasts like towers. You see, the little sister, symbolic of the Gentile church, soon nourished many sons and daughters with the sincere milk of the word of God. She fed many. The Gentile church grew with amazing rapidity so that the little sister has now become both more beautiful and more honored than the elder sister. Now there is a missionary message in this parable of the little sister, my friend. You and I need to recognize that the little sister included all nations in our day. 
in many parts of the world there are people who have never responded to the call of the bridegroom simply because they have not heard his voice. And how shall they hear without a preacher? My friend, let us go share the word of God so that the little sister may also come and become beautiful and produce many sons and become attractive. The transfer of the vineyard. Song of Songs 8 verse 11. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal He leased the vineyard to keepers. Everyone was to bring for its fruit a thousand silver coins. You see, Solomon's vineyard is leased to the, Shulamite bro to the Shulamite's brothers. The Shulamite has often referred to herself as a vineyard. In chapter 1 verse 6, in chapter 2 verse 15. And she freely gives herself the product of her brother's case to the king. However, as it is customary to give the vineyard caretakers a percentage of the profit, she requests that Solomon give her brothers 200 silver coins, 20% of the 1,000 silver coins as payment for their preservation of her for Solomon. It is almost like uh, a dory here that is being paid or what we have come to know as Lobola. Song of Songs 8 verse 12. My own vineyard is before me. You, O Solomon, may have a thousand and those who tend its fruit, two hundred, they are to be paid for their work. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 14 tells us, even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Isn't this wonderful? You, O Solomon, may have a thousand. Now, promising, unlike her predecessor, that full revenue shall be the Lord's, yet she tends it with her whole heart as if it were her own. My vineyard, which is mine, is before me. Now, historically, the early church kept the vineyard just that way. But unfortunately, the church in our day presents a different picture. Oh, that you and I, as members of the Bride of Christ, will be faithful in the portion of the vineyard God has allocated to us to take care of. We need to be faithful. And as we are faithful, we will also receive a fair wage of what we are doing. Song of Songs 8 verse 14 Make haste, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or young stag on the mountains of spices. The bride is saying to the Lord of the vine, Return! Over in the book of Revelation, the last thing that she says, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Revelation 22 verse 20 so that same message is there. The church must be expectant, waiting for the Lord's coming. He must come. He must come. My friend, I don't believe you can honestly say that unless you know Jesus, unless you love him, unless you make him known. Can you look up and say, come Lord Jesus, I want you to come. Paul said that God will give a crown to those who love his appearing. And to love his appearing means to love him 
even as the bride eagerly anticipates and prepares for the coming of the bridegroom, her beloved. Do you love Jesus? Are you expecting him to come? Then you can join me in saying this statement. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, the bride says, come. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.